It is five o'clock somewhere and you've tuned into season two, episode six of BRC. For those of you who'd like to watch this episode, I highly recommend it. You can view season two on our website, YouTube and Spotify. Today in our Tales from the Still segment, I speak with Jeff Mueller from the Scotchy Bourbon Boys about his whiskey journey and how he wanted to be a pirate as a little boy. We also discuss his unique artwork and how it caught the eye of a famous bourbon family. Stay with us. Today's Tales from the Still is brought to you by BWJamesJewelers.com. Show your love for bourbon everywhere you go. BourbonBarrelRings.com by B.W. James has some of the most unique bourbon barrel wedding bands, rings, and bracelets that you'll ever find. B.W. James has an exclusive offer for our audience. Use promo code BARRELROOM for $30 off your order of $199 or more. Today, I have Jeffrey Mueller, a.k.a. Tiny, who is here from the Scotchy Bourbon Boys. Uh, Jeff, I wanted to, to bring you on. Um, I've been seeing your stuff for a while now, especially on some of the groups that we're in together on Facebook. And I just keep watching your set just grow and glow. And it's beautiful. Um, and then I started watching more of your stuff. So I wanted to bring you on and talk to you about your bourbon and whiskey journey. So tell me, when you were a wee little lad, did you ever think that you were going to be doing a podcast all about whiskey? When I was a wee little lad? No, I wouldn't even say uh, as late as 2015, I probably... Now, If when you're talking a wee little lad, if you would have told me I would do a podcast about rum, I probably would have thought I could do that because I always wanted to be a pirate. And the way that I could drink rum when I became a teenage, you know, a teenager because... At 18, I could. That's when I could start drinking legally, and um, that was rum. Was my really through my adult, uh, young adult, and mid adult life. It was rum. That's what I would drink. So if you would tell me that it was whiskey, no, I would never have thought that. So how did you go from rum to whiskey? Uh, it really actually uh, the reason why I drank rum is because. I could drink as much rum. I could drink rum all day long and I wouldn't get any ill effects. Really? So a lot of people. Yeah. Wow. So I always thought I'd be a really good pirate because I could have drank the rum and still did my duties and not fall off the boat. (laughs) And uh, yeah, rum doesn't really affect me that much. And there's, there was never a hangover. I didn't ever get sick. It just agreed with me and I enjoyed it. Uh, it was a lot of Bacardi, you know, that type of rum. Not at the time of, you know, when I was drinking uh, spirits more for the the fun of it, <laughs> which uh, the it wasn't the same as it is now. I mean, even rum, it, you know, you could get all these different aged rums and all these different, you know, there's so much more to choose from when it comes to the different categories, right. you know, there. And, uh, but no, it was rum. But then uh, my art career, I really started, uh, I, I was in commercial art for the first part of my uh, adult life. And when I was 40, I had to make a change. And I ended up moving to, I went from Wisconsin to Ohio. And, uh, at that point, I started be. I was in management. Right now, my um, day job is uh, I'm a recycling uh, plant manager oh, wow. for my cousins. And uh, there's not a lot of creativity in that. It's managing people. 
So when I took this job at 40, uh, I was out of the commercial art industry. It was straight going from being creative and doing all this stuff to doing a, a nine to five that was, there was no creativity. So I started a fine art career. Uh, I was uh, talented on the computer. I mixed my talents with, uh, you know, creating fine art on the computer and then uh, finishing it with acrylic paints. Oh, wow. And one of the aspects of being a fine artist was absinthe. <laughs> so I started really getting into absinthe. And then uh, in 2016, I had an issue with my gallbladder, uh -oh. which probably was direct from drinking 174 proof absinthe. Oh boy. So I kind of backed that off and started uh, a little bit into whiskey. So uh, started drinking, um, you know, not not a lot, but getting into whiskey the same way I got into absinthe. And so there you go. That's how I got into whiskey. It was rum, absinthe, and then into whiskey. <laughs> okay. And then how did starting to drink whiskey turn into you uh, and the Scotchy Bourbon Boys uh, making the show? Well, this is really kind of a cool thing because it's just random, but... Uh, I had a coworker much younger than me and we were kind of friends and I bought a whiskey calendar. I think it was whiskey advocate calendar. Nice. It was a little desktop calendar with whiskey facts. Okay. And it was a whiskey fact a day. So we were, um, I would just go through the calendar and after about six months, of reading reviews of whiskey, I kind of started having my coworker, and he eventually, um, John, he's he's known as Young Nose. He still he moved to South Carolina, but he still pops in a couple times a year do, doing a podcast. But um, we were just going through these facts on what what the tasting notes were, and it was like creme brulee, and like I said, it was about six months into it and we both were sitting there reading the one, I forget exact which one, and we just said bullshit. <laughs> There's no way this whisk can whiskey taste like this. This is just bullshit. So we started going out and buying the whiskeys. So then that was like, like I said, about August, we decided to form uh, with a couple guys from work a whiskey club, which okay. we had no name, but we were looking for a name uh, for the club. So it'd be four or five guys getting together, tasting different bourbons, seeing what they taste like. And that's how it started. It was funny because the Kentucky Bourbon Festival is the third week in September. And I read about it and that's my, it's my birthday weekend. Oh, good. And uh, appropriate. I read about it in the calendar and realized it was happening when we were reading about it, looked into it. And so that was, that was 2018 and we were forming the group. And I just basically said, we're going to go to Kentucky bourbon festival. So I basically saved every single penny for a year so that when I went to the festival, I could just buy whatever bourbon, whatever whiskey I wanted, go on vacation. I really never had done that in my life. And then once we went to Kentucky Bourbon Festival and had this amazing time, we came back, uh, 
I met Super Nash. Now, he is probably the other person that's on the podcast the most. And uh, from that point, uh, we started, uh, me and Young Nose started podcasting. We decided to podcast, uh, you know, because we had such a good time at Kentucky Bourbon Festival. So the first podcast, I think, was November 4th, 2019. Okay. So what did you, when you went to this bourbon festival, the Kentucky Bourbon Festival, what did you, what did you take away from that as the most interesting or most unexpected thing out of the whole trip? So I used my art career and I painted this painting. Uh, if you want, I can, I'll send you a JPEG of it. And uh, it was, I liked my first real hunt was Booker's, I, I, you know, and, and when you first start in bourbon, $85, $90 for a bottle of whiskey seems to be a lot. <laughs> it's just, and it was something that I, I had seen on the shelf, like in March or before Kentucky bourbon festival. And it was, um, it was, uh, Booker's kitchen table. And I saw it on the shelf, didn't pull the trigger on it because of the price and then when i realized what it was after a little bit i started searching for it so bookers became my thing where i i found it i purchased it I, it was like my first big purchase which is ridiculous but back then it seemed like uh something and i ended up doing a painting and so i have this way of projecting what i want uh when I do some of, so I can do paintings for myself and it, I had done it with, um, I'm a, grew up in Wisconsin. So I was a huge Green Bay Packer fan and Brett Favre was like my hero growing up because he took the crappy Packers and turned them into a Super Bowl team. So when he went into the pro football hall of fame in 2016, I spent about eight, nine months doing a painting of a montage of what Brett of Brett Favre. Oh, wow. And then I went and paid for everything at the hall of fame, got him to sign it, met him, gave him a print of the actual painting. And it was really kind of a great experience. So Very I took cool. that same knowledge and did a Booker's painting. I have a, a in the painting Booker's in it. Um, Fred and Freddie know are in it. Uh, Mila Kunis is in it because at the time she, she was, was the there. Jim Beam yep. Black spokesman. All the different bakers, there's there's Jim Beam Black, you know, everything. But the main uh, middle of the painting is a, a whiskey barrel that's pouring out on its side, pouring out from the bung whiskey into a bottle of Booker's. Cool. And so I printed it out, painted it, and then I printed out a smaller version of it, painted that, and when we went to Kentucky Bourbon Festival, we went to the Jim Beam family dinner. It was oh, nice. having dinner with Fred and Freddie No and Sandy No and the family in their backyard in Bardstown. Wow. And I basically had called ahead the Kentucky Bourbon Festival, you know, the office, and asked if they could sign it. So they took us in a... So they said, yeah, we'd arrange something. So when we were there, went in the man cave and Fred and Freddie both signed the painting. I got that on video. That was really a kind of a cool 
experience, but that really kind of got the the fun of it all going because I, you know, now I still have it on on the wall signed. It's something that's very you know sincere. But I ended up meeting Sandy No at the barbecue in their backyard. And she had the painting and she, we exchanged, you know, Facebook information. And she actually sent me the picture of it hanging in the kitchen. Oh, wow. Right where the kitchen table is. That's awesome. So she, they hung it there. So that was kind of cool. So once they did that, I was, you know, hooked and uh, me and Sandy have become really good friends. That's awesome. So is it, is, uh, well, I'm sure you've tasted hundreds of different whiskeys by now, and you are called the Scotchy Bourbon Boys. So when you started off calling it the Scotchy Bourbon Boys, were you mostly any whiskey was was there to go or or has it always been more bourbon? I would say the Scotch, Irish whiskey and bourbon, the bourbon still was a, like 60%, but uh, Scotch was there. I, I We do American single malts. We do uh, rye, we do bourbons, and then also from time to time, uh, I've got my hands on some good Japanese whiskey. So we'll usually have a couple uh, Irish whiskeys. And then uh, as far as scotch goes, we haven't done too many scotches, but the Johnny Walker High Rye, I challenge you to have the High Rye and then think about what blue is and then think about how it's almost blue, but with a spectacular explosion of flavor. Okay. <laughs> it was, we were just, we were blown away. I mean, it was for, for the difference in price and what they sell that for, that is one damn good blended scotch. I mean, cool. I will have wow. to look for that and, uh, and try that. I haven't had, I haven't had John and Walker in a while, actually. I think the last one I got, I ended up getting the Jane Walker because I wanted to get the girl on the bottle for my bottle collection. <laughs> so, there you go. Overall, I'm going to guess that bourbon and American whiskeys are your favorite. Do you have a mash bill that is more your favorite than other mash bills? My whole life, vanilla ice cream with caramel sauce is really what I loved. I wasn't a chocolate guy. I didn't ever order chocolate ice cream. You know, chocolate was is okay, but I always liked the caramels and the vanillas. And I think... It was a really rare breed, wild turkey rare breed that really, that was the turning point of going towards the bourbons because of that barrel proof caramel taste. I just was blown away by it. You know, I, I mean, that's just, so yes, I do like bourbon, but I am definitely, um, Put it this way, I've not had a bourbon, even a bad bourbon, I still would like. I always say that there's there's no bad bourbon, just better bourbon. Right. But I, I also like fruity. So you get into some Japanese whiskeys. Oh, yeah. I would have to say, doing this, I've really become a huge fan of all whiskey. I mean, you give me a whiskey, I'm going to taste it. Unless it's peated. Yeah. I'm... Uh, I'm I'm not really a peated fan myself. Um, I will taste a peated if it's a really low peat level. Um, and and I do find that there are some times where 
I can have something where, where it's maybe it's not peated at all, but it's finished for an extra three months in a peated cast. So it has just a little hint, which I can handle that if I'm like having a really good barbecue. I mean, I don't really like the peat and everybody who knows me knows I don't really like the peat. Um, but I, I am a huge Scotch fan and a huge Irish whiskey fan. And I'm, I've also been getting into the Japanese whiskeys as well. And as well as uh, Indian and Tanzanian and um, uh, Taiwanese. I mean, I'm getting into all the world whiskeys just because, the, the, you know, it's, it's a fascinating to me. It's just fascinating seeing how you can take basically the same three ingredients and make it the same way all around the world and have all these vastly different flavors come from it. So tell me, when you first started doing the podcast, did you guys just do it because it'd be something fun to do? Or did you say, hey, let's do this and let's like see if we can make something of this? And like, did you always want to be like in broadcasting or something or you're just kind of taken on its own, it's a life of its own? Okay. So I had done video um, blogging on YouTube when I, with my art career. Uh, I have, I think I did a hundred, hundred and five years worth of it, wow. 132 some, uh, they're on, you know, they're still up on YouTube to this day. And it's funny to look back at it, but I did that from like two, 2010 to like 2015. And then I did, I really didn't, it, it's very difficult to do something and break into something like that, especially on YouTube. Didn't get a lot of viewers. I mean, you know, getting a hundred people watching one of them was like, that's what you, couple of them had five, 600 and one just went crazy. But I was, I learned a ton doing this. So when we started do, doing the whiskey podcast, it was kind of a continuation thinking, Hey, we could do this podcast and it will, it's, we're, we're talking about whiskeys and people do it, <laughs> you know, and it should work. And I mean, initially, I mean, YouTube is still at this point. I mean, it's, it's a tough, that is a tough nut to crack. Yeah. But, um, Facebook reels, uh, YouTube shorts. Uh, and then also I do the audio podcast and the audio podcast is probably what I have going most last year is when I started to really put some time and effort into the YouTube part of it. Um, I had always put it into the audio part of it. And last year we were able to get, I, I was hoping to get up to a thousand subscribers. We got 5,000 subscribers. Oh, so this year I'm hoping to just, you know, I know what it's like when a video catches and it's kind of like a frustrating thing as you go and you got 60 views, 70 views, 20 views, 30, you know, and, and you're doing it and you just keep plugging along. And then all of a sudden something catches. I've had a couple shorts catch, you know, 3.8 million. Wow. <laughs> like if you get that going, that's what you're looking for. But they always seem to, what would you say? Um, at one point, hold you back, you know, uh, the 3.8 million, uh, uh, short that I had was of, uh, Jennifer Brandt, who is the master blender, uh, for Luca Mariano opened up um, a barrel with a slide hammer. Oh, wow. And popping out the bung and the bung hole. Well, that, that, that was like, there's 14 different reasons why it got 3.8 million. You know, one, she's a, a woman, a girl doing this 
maneuver with this tool. And then two, it's a girl using the tool properly. So girls and tools. And then three was, you know, the, just the comments on the actual, on her personally. And then last was, I don't know how, but it was going, it, it was like at 1.7 million and it went viral in Russia. What? So, you know, you have all these rush, these comments in Russian. That's and so funny. You, I couldn't, it, it didn't even have translations. I had no idea what they were saying. Couldn't even respond, but it was just, you know, for about a, a week, it was just Russian, Russian, Russian. <laughs> yeah. So I just, and then it just irritates you a little bit because it's like YouTube. Okay. How come that, <laughs> that video, that, you know, how long was that 15 seconds? Why the hell were you putting it in Russia? You know what I mean? And that's what, that's all it was, was 15 seconds. Yeah. The, the shorts are always like 15 to 30 seconds. Yeah. I my some of my most successful ones are eight, nine seconds. But you know, when you have 32.7 million views at eight, nine seconds, it adds up in hours. Right. Right. So that's kind of what it, and it's, it's died down and I keep, but I just keep at it. That's what I try. And so do. what's your, what's your goal? What's your five-year plan for the, for the podcast? What do you want? What do you want to do with it? Okay. So I, most people don't realize how old I am. I do a lot to look younger, but um, I'm close. I'm, I would like to do early retirement and then have this be what I do. I love people. I love talking to like you and um, I love, I like doing it and it keeps my blood pressure down. What would you say? It keeps, it keeps down. me busy. I mean, it's just that simple. It just keeps me busy. Yeah. I, 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 and it's creative. It or not, and I think, I think creative minds um, really enjoy doing this. I mean, I've been a creative all my life, but um, a lot of time I work in entertainment and a lot of times I get stuck in the, in the desk jobs and I hate it. Um, and I'm like, when am I getting off work so I can go do a podcast? I need to go get back to something creative. Otherwise I'm going to blow up. <laughs> yeah. And, and my job, um, working for my cousin after 18 years is easy. So, um, before that, as I had the dream job in a commercial, in commercial art, doing computer art, worked on Pepsi campaigns, worked on actually the Knob Creek gym when it was Beam Incorporated, not Beam Centauri nice. in the 90s, and um, worked on a Mountain Dew stuff. A lot of fun stuff, but it was, I had just gotten to the point where I was creating artwork and good at it, but for other people. Mm -hmm. I could create it, their vision for those people. And I was kind of at the point where I either you could pay me a lot more than what I'm making, or I'm going to go find something else to do. And that's kind of what I did. I found something else to do. And what I've done for the last 18 years is not creative, but it also doesn't take my soul. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, creativity will, will do that. But so then I picked this and I'm in control of this. This is for myself. And that's one thing that I love. And then everybody that I work with and the people that I bring on to the podcast and bring in, uh, they definitely, um, the experiences is what, I mean, just, I don't know how many, you know, wine experiences or, you know, distilleries and wineries 
are like Disney World for adults. Right. It's like everyone, and they just keep getting better and better and better. And then when you when you realize that as a podcast, <laughs> it kind of makes it even like you're getting back scenes. I mean, it's the, my, yeah. I think one of my favorite thing to do is walk into a distillery, tell them who you are. And the person at the front really kind of doesn't know. So they're just kind of like, uh, uh, one time I was getting a tasting from the person on a Saturday morning, nobody was there. And it was, I, I gave the card to him. And then I was doing little tastings out of plastic, little plastic cups on the, on the, on the counter. I mean, the, you know, right where you bring up where you pay and he popped and he's pouring the, the tasting right there in plastic cups on the counter and the, the card got back to the distiller at the time who knew who I was. Oh, wow. So all of a sudden, the first thing that happens is he comes flying out the door. You know, this is Saturday morning. like, <laughs> And I was ready to not, you know, just take it and figure out and come back. All of a sudden, he's like, he paid, he's like, don't be drinking that out of that. He goes, <laughs> he goes, what are you? He looks at the cashier guy and he says, what are you doing? And he goes, I'm giving him a tasting. He goes, that's not, do you know who this is? And I'm just like, so all of a sudden we're back and he's giving me a little tour and it gets to the owner who had been in a meeting. So Ryan, it was at uh, Middle West. So Ryan, all of a sudden he pops in and finishes off the tour. Wow. Next thing I know. I'm sitting at the table at the bar, they at the bar, the closed bar, and he's pouring me in Glen Karen like the whole lot. Nice. You know, so that's kind of how like the cool aspect of being in the on the podcast yeah. and having the recognition. I was doing a, a a virtual tasting over the pandemic and uh you know, somebody else's tasting. I was just there, I'd paid my money, got my sample kits, whatever. I was enjoying it. And then all of a sudden, like the head of the group was like, Well, today we have uh, a celebrity on, and I'm going, Oh god, who is it? Who's the celebrity? I'm this is exciting. And then all of a sudden he introduces <laughs> me to the group and I'm like, What, me? I was like, Oh wow, okay, thanks. That was that I was not expecting that. <laughs> no, yeah, and it's and it's fun because it's the right kind of fame. Uh I wouldn't say that I'm famous, but I get enough where it just you're strokes Scotch your bourbon boy famous. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> but you don't get bothered. You know, it's not like your life is over and everybody knows you and you can't do anything like like real famous. So what do you want to what do you want to do with the podcast? You're, you want to use this as your retirement, and if so, do you think you'll be able to do that in the next five years or or sooner? Well, the plan is. Uh, I'm right now, when I did that, it was a five-year plan and I wanted to retire at 62. My wife's business is doing well, so that might be the key to me. This isn't going to be the key to me to retiring at 62, but her business, if it keeps going, uh, we're going to be able to do that. And then I want to travel. Uh, we're already thinking about um, in 2024, Scotland. Nice. You know, Ireland, that type of thing. got to so do it, man. Yes. Well, Tiny, it's been fantastic talking to you about your journey and listening to your stories about your uh, going from rum to absinthe to whiskey. Um, and I'm really glad I got a chance to meet you and talk to you in person because this has been really enlightening. Um, so thank you again for being on the show today. Thank you for having me, Carrie. I really appreciate it. It's just, uh, I mean, it's the, the journey is a lot of fun. Uh, it's fun to be interviewed by other people. That's for sure. Because usually 
I'm on the other end. So uh, I appreciate you <laughs> having me on uh, your podcast. Cool. Great. Well, thanks again. We'll talk soon. Like what you've seen on BRC? Want to see more? Experience more? And maybe even taste more? Then head over to our Kofi site and become a member of the Barrel Room Parlor. By choosing the Copper Level membership, you'll have exclusive access to videos related to topics discussed on the podcast and blog posts for members only. As an Amber member level, you'll enjoy everything from our Copper Level as well as various spin-off series including The Cutting Room Floor and Kindred Spirits. In addition, the Amber membership includes exclusive discounts to live in-person events. To join, visit www.barrelroomchronicles.com and click on Become a Member in the navigation bar. Or go straight to our Kofi site at ko-fi.com slash brc and click on the membership link. Once you've joined, you'll have access to everything your chosen level has to offer. You'll even be able to participate with the show by commenting on videos and other posts. Don't wait. Sign up today for exclusive content and event discounts in the Barrel Room Parlor. That does it for today's show. To read notes on this episode or learn more about our guests, please visit BarrelRoomChronicles.com. Want to interact with the show or have questions for our guests? Then ask them on our socials or send us an email through our website. Or better yet, leave us a voicemail on our website and your recording might be played in our new Speakeasy segment. If you like what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. If you really liked it and you want to show your support, buy us a whiskey through our Kofi site at ko-fi.com slash BRC or become an exclusive member of the Barrel Room Parlor, where you'll get exclusive content not seen anywhere else. If you work in the whiskey or spirits industry or just have a deep passion for whiskey and want to share your spirits journey, register to be a guest through our website. Last but not least, please enjoy your spirits responsibly. Thanks for joining me. Until next time, Solangeva. Barrel Room Chronicles is a production of First Real Entertainment and is distributed by Anchor FM and is available on Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Amazon, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.